Welcome to episode 166 of No Challenges Remaining. I'm Ben Rothenberg. This past weekend in Istanbul, a match was significant simply because it happened. Malik Jaziri of Tunisia, who many times had felt forced to withdraw from tournaments to avoid facing Israeli opponents, took the court for the final of the Istanbul Challenger against Israeli Dudi Sela. It was a streaky match, won by Jaziri, but the mere fact that it happened at all seems like a victory for tennis and for world peace and things like that. While there have been many political and military overgrowths of the conflicts between Israel and its Muslim neighbors, the discord, as are so many discords in this world, was rooted first and foremost originally in religion. Religion isn't something we often hear about in tennis, maybe except for during Serena Williams' trophy ceremonies. I have to thank Jehovah God. Jehovah God giving me the strength to do to what I do every day and for waking me up every day. Thanks to Jehovah God. But religion is something, albeit mostly privately, that has impacted the lives and experiences of many players on tour in different ways. So today, for this episode, we bring you interviews with three players from earlier this year who followed different religions to talk about how it has affected their lives on tour. Let's start with Shahar Peer, who, like Dudi Sela, has seen her Jewish faith often tied up in Israeli geopolitics, which have, in some cases, adversely affected her, including infamously being denied a visa to play a tournament in Dubai, as well as hearing protests to her playing a tournament in Auckland, New Zealand. This is what those protests sounded like. We're calling on, the, on Shahar Pia to withdraw from the tournament, and we're calling on the organizers not to involve any Israeli players in the future. So we want Shahar Pia to leave the tournament. We believe that is a, a, a just call on behalf of the international community who abhor the policies of Zionism, which are followed by the Israeli government, those are policies that allow people of Jewish descent prior rights over people who have lived in the land that Israel has claimed for, for many centuries. And a boycott of Israel is what we're asking for. Shahar Pia out! 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 There have also been quieter moments for Shahar and her faith, including when she spoke at a ceremony for the families of Auschwitz survivors, as documented in a Tennis Channel feature. We light this torch in honor of the second and third generation of the Jewish people, many who never ever had the chance to know and to love their grandparents. Here's Shahar on her faith and how it's affected her life in tennis in her own words. I don't know if to say Jewish as much uh, as more being Israeli because Jewish, you have a lot of Jewish around the world. I think the most about being Jewish is getting a lot of support in some um, tournaments. But that's about it, about being Jewish. Yeah. Um, I think it's more being an Israeli. That's more... So it's not being Jewish, it's being Israeli. That was right. the issue. And uh, like in Auckland that I had... Uh, yeah. So it's being Israeli, not the, the part of the Jewish. Okay. We can talk about the Israeli part of it, I guess, then. I mean, what? how has that affected you, then, being Israeli in these different... I mean, it, I mean does it, everybody does it knows your... about the issue in Dubai um, and in Auckland that I got a lot of uh, demonstration. But uh, these were the most things. And... 
obviously some places that I needed to get a visa, but that was pretty smooth. Um, but yeah, I think actually it was a lot of good things for my career, for myself, um, for the world, you know, breaking a lot of uh, politics and barriers, yeah. you say? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, as far as that, I think I did uh, a good thing about it. How, how much does, I mean, you played really well in Auckland that week with all the protesters there. Yeah. And with all the, you know, the megaphones and everything being so loud. Does that sort of, and in Dubai, you've played really well yeah. too, right? After I think the there is something crazy in my head <laughs> 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 that when things going against me, I get to play better. Um, so I don't know why is it, and it's something in my character, I guess. And yeah, I mean, the first year in Dubai was crazy, and with all the protection and the security and the way it was, and that I was isolated from everyone, um, and I found somehow the energy and to play so well and to be like three top ten players and getting in a huge tournament to the semifinal. Um, but that's probably who I am and how I am. Um, and I think also the big thing that because of me getting getting into Dubai, it helped also to other sports to get from the Israelis to get like to uh, some other events like uh, sailing and judo and mm. those kind of things. What, what did the support mean for you? I know that Venus Williams spoke out in support of you during the ceremony. I think Andy Roddick yeah. boycotted Dubai the next year, I think when he was the playing champion because of what happened. Yeah. What, did you, what, what did their support, uh, standing up for you, um, not being Israeli, not being Jewish, what did that What did that mean to you? It, was a, it meant a lot. I mean, Roddick did it the same year I didn't get the visa, so the guys is usually the following week, so he uh, didn't go to the tournament. So it was huge because there are two big sports uh, people and that have a lot of character and people support them and what Venus did on Center Court was amazing. Um, and I talk about it and I have goosebumps, so I yeah. think it means a lot and it just, uh, they're human being and they understand that it not, doesn't need to be involved between sport and politics and it meant a lot for me as a person and as an Israeli. Did you ever talk to either of them about that? A little bit with Venus, actually, with Andy Knott, uh, because I knew we had the same agent, so oh, okay. I knew him. Um, but yeah, a little bit with Venus, and I know they did a big ceremony for her in New York, uh, like from the, I think it was the, from the embassy or something. I'm not sure exactly to give her an award for that, so. Great. Um, I guess you, one of the things that comes up with Jewish players and Jewish athletes and people and all wants to life is various holidays that come up at different times of the year, Yom Kippur and uh, other, other remembrance days that you have during the year, and I guess those you've played, sometimes those get in the way of what you might normally play and other times they don't. I guess how, how do you how do you manage that? That I play in holidays? Yeah, or how do, how do, you, do you, do you ever schedule around that? Or um, just try there to is two holidays that I really try to be home, which is Passover and the Jewish New Year's. Um, Rosh Hashanah. Yes, yeah. obviously it doesn't happen a lot of times, but that's the holidays that I'm, I love being. Now it's more Rosh Hashanah than Passover. I don't really mind anymore because, I don't know, I just feel it's fine. Um, but I do try if I can to be home. Um, but, you know, it's I got used to it so much. So I'm a bit sad and a bit like talking to my family and knowing what's happening, but then it's part of my life. I will have so many years that I will be able to celebrate it with my family and friends, so it will be good. I know you played uh, on Yom HaShoah on yeah. Remembrance Day, and you had a, a ribbon, I think, on or something like that. And I know some there's some 
different interpretations of the rules in terms of whether people should work or no, not work. No, Yoma Shoah is, is allowed. Yeah. Sorry. Yoma Zikonia also, and Yoma Shoah you can play and your work is normal. The only day is Yom Kippur. Okay. That's the issue, that you're not allowed. But the rest of the days, it's normal and everybody works in Israel. Only Yom Kippur is shut down. So I always used to ask not to play at that specific day, okay. and I've been fine. I saw a bit of a documentary about your visit with uh, your grandmother to Auschwitz yeah. and doing the Walk of the Living and things like that. What, what, did, what did that, uh, what did that, what was it's that whole experience It's funny you asking like? because she just died uh, oh. last Wednesday. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. You know, it's fine, I know. Um, but it was really emotional and more to her, you know, it was her first time going back there and with my mom because we were three generations uh, walking there and I think it will be especially now that she's, she passed away and it will be something that we'll always remember. And actually I can't wait to go back home now and because uh, I was not in Israel when it happened and to see the documentary uh, show that they did, it should be very emotional. So I think it, it was a huge honor for me that they asked me to to lead the March of the Living. So yeah. it was something that I'm really proud of uh, that I was able to do and they've been asking me. So you know, like you asked me at the beginning about Dubai and all. So doing all these things it means a lot for me more than sometimes winning a match. Yeah. It's really, you have a, you've had an experience that not many yeah. players have had. Yeah. And being sort of a representative for Israel and for Jews and is that, is yeah. that, 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 that's uh, enriched your, your experience as Yeah, uh, as I mean, a it's amazing. I mean, I could never, just now when I'm like 28 and might be maybe my last year and maybe, you know, so I'm realizing what I've been done and because I was like, I was very focused and couldn't yeah. see any, and now I realize what I've done for the Jewish people and for the Israeli and for the country and it's, been a great trip for me. Yeah. How, how did how did being in Auschwitz, I guess, make you? Did you make you feel different about being Jewish or give a different perspective to, to that identity? Obviously, yeah. I don't know about being. It's more because my grandma was and all her family. Yeah. So that was the big thing. You talked about some of the support you get around the world. I mean, in the, I know in New York, there's a lot of Jewish fans yeah. there, and other places I imagine too. What is the sort of community that you find in all these different cities around the world that, that appears for you and, and follows The crazy you. thing that is so much fun that I get to know Israelis and Jewish people around the world. Suddenly last month in Dallas, they're now like now my family, like Jewish people. And being Jewish is so strong that even if you know, know, don't know the person, if you just know he's Jewish, it's like you have a click. You know, it's something that I cannot even un explain it to somebody who is not Jewish there is like a magic there yeah so it's very special and I've been very lucky and fortunate to you say fortune fortunate no, fortunate to know people and you know like very amazing people with a big heart and that really so I've been very lucky to know them so I guess I'm, I'm just wondering how that logistically you know works like you just go to a tournament and people show up with Flags and support. Cause I've heard. I mean, I, I was yeah, hearing. Yeah, but you no, have, like people that I get to know more. It's through people, yeah. and yeah. You have uh, people uh, host you, and yeah, 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 yeah. I really like it. It's because they're really nice people, and it's nice to know people that done different things in their life, and I don't know. It's very special, and I've been very lucky to get to know those people. How about how about encore? Just in playing matches, just, do you ever think about your faith, about your identity? When of you're course, under, when you're, yeah? of course, I am, and. Um, obviously, I feel kind of an ambassador. Sometimes maybe I feel too much 
and I feel the pressure when I don't need to, but yeah, of course I do feel it. Yeah. Um, anything else people should know about, about what it's like to be I just think there is a magic. It's really hard to explain it. There is something about being Israeli, you know, that we are always like, when something bad is happening, we're very uh, like special and always supporting. When it's not something bad happened, we can be like shooting against each other. Not shooting like real, but being bad to each other. Yeah. And, but then when something bad happened, the country gets together and as a un- united and... So it's very special. I, I don't even know how to explain it. <laughs> Next up is Tim Smichek, an American from Wisconsin who's a devout Catholic, which has not been anywhere near as newsworthy necessarily as the aforementioned faiths of other players, but still has shaped his experience on tour in some unique way. Well, my I, I was raised Catholic, and, and my parents um, were always, uh, you know, very um, involved in my faith and, and uh, you know, as as Catholics, we believe that um, raising your children Catholic is one of the most important things. So um, it was kind of just always something that uh, you know was, has been a part of my life, and um, I've uh, kept that um, you know stayed true to that um, throughout my years on tour, and and um, you know I make an effort to go to mass every week and. Uh, you know all the different uh, different cities and countries that I travel to. So um, you know it's just a, it's a part of my life, and, and um, you know hopefully uh, hopefully people can you know, see that by uh, the way I act and, and play tennis. Has it been easy to keep, to keep it going? I mean, you obviously have a lot of travel, a lot of time pressures, you know, other things on tour. I mean, tour is not necessarily. Pro sports are not known as a especially holy place. Do you find them compatible, or is, there, is it tough to sometimes to make both both sides of this, this life work? Well, it's um, it's kind of like anything else. That I think it, you know you can make time for anything. Um, as far as sports not being the holiest place, uh, I haven't. Um, you know, I, I don't have. Uh, really any any buddies that I go to mass with on Sundays or anything like that it can be a bit of a lonely um, lonely uh, place as far as that goes but um, you know it, it's uh, sometimes it's a struggle getting to mass uh, you know I think I missed in when I was in uh, Doha a couple of years ago it's not always the easiest uh, especially if in your if, if you're in a somewhat dangerous place like i think uh, acapulco was, was tough mm. we were told not to leave the hotel um but like i said it's it's like anything else you if you make time for it, it, it you know we do have a lot of downtime <laughs> yeah is it something i mean interesting you said you don't have anybody to do it so it's fairly i mean i assume there's a lot of people that have to be other people who are raised catholic i would think on tour just geographically looking where people are from you would think mm-hmm. catholic heavily catholic countries including the u.s wherever else would be represented on tour, but for you, it's just been something that's almost entirely a solo mission, I guess, when it comes to other players? Yeah, pretty much. Um, you know, it's, uh, you, you think about, um, it's not, not an easy task to try and spread the faith. Um, you know, not, not easy to try and get, uh, other players to come to church with you or anything like that. So um, have, you, have you tried? Tried to get other guys to? Get uh, you know, I've tried know. with my coach. Of, okay. You know, <laughs> a couple, couple of guys have uh, asked about it and said, "Oh, you know, what's the deal?" And so ultimately, ultimately, that's um, 
the goal, um, but I haven't had a whole lot of success yet. I'm just wondering, is it something you talk to people about? Is it something that comes up or not, not really? really? Not oh. really. I, and, you know, I, I don't, um, I, I don't uh, you know, go out and try to convert people or anything like that. It, yeah. You know, if, if somebody has questions, I'm happy to answer them, but it's not something I, um, you know, I'm overly uh, preachy about. I remember in the article you did with Opus Day, I remember saying that you've been on a, a radio show talking about your faith before, and just, I guess, and clearly they talked to you as well, so I'm just wondering how it became sort of a known, you know, how, how, how you had your sort of, I don't want to call it, like, you know, you were revealed to be right. Catholic or, yeah. or what, or how you yeah. were... Yeah, you know, how, I, I, how, how did that become a more common thing? And was that something you were comfortable with right away? Yeah, no, it, it was something I was always comfortable comfortable with. Um, I think the reason I, the first interview I did about it uh, came about was because uh, Greg Sharko, uh, sometimes I see him at Mass every once in a while in certain cities, so um, he kind of thought maybe it would, um, I would be a good person to do an interview. So. And that was something that came naturally to you? I mean, you talk about your tennis and various press all the time but talking about this other side of you is that as natural or it's um it's a little less natural because uh i I think i'm a little bit less um not as well educated in my faith as i should be so you are um, in tennis (laughs) right right it's a little easier for me to to talk about tennis but that's uh you know another another reason for me to study up i guess you said you have the books you travel with yeah uh, Jose Maria Escriva. Uh-huh. You, you, you do other things to try to just study, quote-unquote, that? Um, or, or, or... Yeah, well, I mean, it's, uh, you know, they talk about a plan of life. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I try to make saying the rosary every day a part of that and, and going to Mass on Sundays. And so, um, you know, right now it's it's nice because i got my wife traveling with me, so we have a, a, some, a, a buddy to go to Mass with. Which is uh, different than usual, but um, yeah, uh, there's actually now a Saint Jose Maria uh, app. So oh wow! Use the app. Okay, that's good. <laughs> 21st century. Yeah. Uh, um, is it is it something? I guess tennis obviously has a lot of ups and downs, a lot of winning and losing, a lot of luck, a mm-hmm. lot of you know good, bad, whatever. Does, it, does your do you hope that your faith keeps you level or grounded or somewhat? Yeah. Through the highs and. And bows, because you probably said both. Right, yeah, definitely. Um, I think um, it definitely just helps me keep things in perspective, and that's a constant struggle, too. But um, it's, you know, uh, I wouldn't say it's a tool, but it's a part of my life that helps me keep things in perspective. How, how do you go about finding churches when you're in... Is an app for that, too? Is an app for that, too? Yeah, yeah. What's I think that? it's called uh, uh, Catholic Mass Times. Okay. Um but yeah, I mean, even if there wasn't a Google before the app That's came along, Google yeah. was was easy. Yeah. So, um, but uh, more often than not, there's just a church within walking distance. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's great. So, I mean, do you, what do you, what do you find as the differences in the the church community? Like, what's that? I've never been to an Australian church. So yeah. That's like you know, um, or even you know, you have much more interest, more exotic places in Australia right. too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well. Uh, my French is not very good, but I've been to Mass in Nice and Paris, and from what I could tell, they're about the same. Um, uh, Mexico was, uh, Mass was maybe a little bit shorter than usual, but about the same. Um, the one uh, really neat Mass that I went to was in uh, 
South Texas, I think in uh, Brownsville, was okay. playing Future there, and they had a full uh, ten-person mariachi band. Oh, wow. That was kind of cool. <laughs> um, but, I mean, by and large, they're, they're the same from what I can tell. Um, I guess th- when, when you're when you're on court playing, does it, does it come up in your mind at all? I mean, obviously people with you are probably going to look at them and all right, point yeah. conceding thing and say yeah. maybe from that angle, like, oh, this is a... Clearly, um, a, a, the correct, you know, righteous thing to do, or but, but does it come yeah. up? Do you think in those terms when you're out there in whatever context? Um, or no, a little bit. You know, I I try and um, you know I, I say little prayers on the court, um, but uh, maybe that maybe that is something I should do more. Might, might help. Maybe I'll think about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I guess uh, when I'm on the tennis court, uh, besides, you know trying to keep things in perspective like I like I talked about earlier um, you know just I do say little little prayers you know, once in a while. are there are there challenges to your faith I guess that you encounter uh, being a professional tennis player is it a fair term to use um, I, I don't think any more than anyone in everyday life yeah. you know it's just the same when you were a kid I know you obviously you were a tennis family you're playing violin mm-hmm. was being Catholic just like another one of those activities that just yeah, took up a bunch just, of hours a week? Yeah, yeah, it was just something we did. You know, we went to Mass every Sunday and um, Sunday school and all that. And it's just a part of our life, um, you know, just like any other activity kind of, but um, with the with the caveat that it was, you know, the most, the most important thing and, and that kind of came first before the violin and the tennis. Lastly, we'll hear from Isam Qureshi, a Pakistani who has reached outside barriers sometimes preferred by other Muslims to play doubles with partners which have included an Israeli Jew and an Indian Hindu. Being a world-traveling Muslim gives Islam a different perspective and experience to many of the other players on tour, with many seeing him differently around the world than they would other players. Uh, for me, uh, I think uh, definitely I have to say it has played a very big role uh, in my tennis also. Actually, the lesson that I've learned throughout the tennis uh, Traveling and uh, tournaments and life as well. Uh, I got the two Arthur Ashe Humanitarian Awards uh, for the reasoning being playing with a Jewish and playing with a Hindu. Yeah. Uh, me being a Muslim, uh, back home, a lot of people, I would say a little bit of extremist mind people, uh, they were very sensitive about it. For me to be playing with uh, a Jewish guy or a Hindu player. Uh, but uh, for me, that's one of the things that I actually learned from sports and through tennis basically that uh, you can't really mix it uh, with sport, religion, you cannot mix it with sports and that's the beauty about being a tennis player or being a sportsman and to be involved with sports. I honestly believe uh, after doing so much traveling and meeting so many tennis players and other sports people also that if uh, anybody if or if everybody in, in this world was associated with sports some way or the other whether it's media, whether they play it, or whether they're physios or trainers or umpires or whatever, yeah. somehow linked with sports, I think this world would be definitely a very better place. Um, I'm proud to be a Muslim. Obviously, I have my values, uh, but uh, I've never tried to amplify them on other players or other people. And uh, I respect all the religions, and uh, and I'm sure all the tennis players around me and my friends and uh, in my career at least they respect me for who I am and what I believe in. So. Uh, my life has definitely, uh, I've had some ups and downs also, uh, had to fight some battles because being a Muslim, uh, when I played with Amir Haddad, I was uh, almost got banned from Pakistan to play for Pakistan mm. and uh, the government of Pakistan and the sports authorities took a stand against me that they would ban me to play for Pakistan if I keep playing with Amir. 
but that time uh, I stayed pretty firm that uh, we should not be mixing sports with religion. And uh, the ITF and the international community, they all supported me. And uh, because of that, I got the Art for Ashram Board in 2002. And then played again with Rohan in uh, 2010. And we made the final of the U.S. Open and got another Art for Ashram Award. So obviously I feel very proud of, as a Pakistani, also as a Muslim as well, to be on that list of players who have achieved this Art for Ashram Award. And Roger Federer and Agassi are the only two, two players who have gotten this award twice. So, whether it's because I'm a Muslim, uh, I don't know, but I think it depends on the values that I learned also being a Muslim. And uh, it's about uh, loving all the religions, respecting all the religions, and uh, and I feel like the mixture of tennis, the lesson that I've learned, and obviously from my religion, has definitely made me a better person. So, when, let's go back to playing with Mir Haddad, when you, when you first decided to play with him, it was over 10 years ago. Yeah. A long time ago now. Uh, when you first... I think you actually might have played with an Israeli player even before that. Before also, Noam, of course. Uh, yeah. yeah, but uh, playing with, with him was the person that got like, more attention, yeah. I guess. And when you first decided to play with him, did you think there would be any issue? Did you, to be honest, did you no. anticipate anything? I never thought of that because I played with a uh, few Israeli players in the juniors also. Yeah. I played against them as well. And uh, Andy Ram, uh, Noam Mukun, and uh, Jonathan Ehrlich, and all these guys, I played with them. And I never ever thought, actually, ever since I started playing tennis, once thinking of or rating somebody because of their religion or what uh, culture they're from, which country they belong from. I think that's the essence of sports. Uh, that's the beauty of, I would say, tennis as well. The lesson that I learned that uh, we should be judging a person as a human being first and not from which country they belong to and which religion they practice. And uh, I still stand very firmly about it. And like I said before, I respect all the nationalities and all the religions. And uh, I think uh, that's the best way to do it, to keep sports and religions apart. And uh, I don't try to interfere in anybody else's beliefs and religions. And uh, so far in my career, nobody has tried to interfere in mine as well. What, what, what was the first, when did you first hear objections to you playing with uh, an Israeli player? And how did, how did you find out about it? And what was your uh, reaction to it when it first came? Yeah, became? I was shocked because Amir called me. He was the first one to tell me. We qualified for the Wimbledon. It was my first time ever to qualify uh, in doubles. And uh, Amir called me and he's like, uh, Qureshi, man, are, you, are we still playing? And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, no, it's all over the internet that Pakistan is banning you to play with me. If you play in one more round with me or one more match, uh, you're not going to play Davis Cup for Pakistan and you're not going to be able to represent Pakistan. So this was after qualifying? After we qualified. Right, so yeah. before main draw. Yeah. Okay, wow. I think obviously Wimbledon is one of the most prestigious tournaments in the world. And probably when I played the challengers and the smaller events and even juniors, I think people didn't pay that much attention. But uh, but I feel like when you become a little bit of a public figure or whatever, uh, there are going to be people who are jealous about you. They're going to try to find ways somehow to bring you down. And uh, that's what some of the people in the sports authority or the uh, sports board were trying to do. But uh, I'm very happy and I feel very proud and feel lucky also that my family and my friends, uh, they supported my decision as well. You know, the ITF also helped me a lot and uh, supported me. I still remember Andrew Agassi coming to me and he's like, uh, whatever, what you're doing and what stand you've taken, uh, I really respect that. So, like, it was good, positive uh, feedback from all the players also. And obviously my family supported me, my friends. And now I'm really happy that back home, everybody understood that. That Amir was trying to help me get lost from my country. And uh, that sports you should not be judging uh, because you're just a Jew and, uh, or a Hindu or a Christian. There are a very handful of Muslims who are playing this sport. And if for some reason I take a stand not to be playing other religions, they can very easily say that against me also. 
and then I won't be able to do any sports. So that's what people need to understand as well and uh, keep religion and sports uh, aside from each other. You, you mentioned the, the sort of fundamentalist parts of the religion, I guess, in yeah. Pakistan especially. Did you ever feel uh, any danger or any threat from people who were upset that you would continue to reach out and create these partnerships no, that they were I, uncomfortable I'm with? I'm very happy actually that time that I took that decision. I think uh, it took a while for people to understand that. And uh, and I think people respect me as well. Uh, one in 2009, 10, 11, when I played with Rohan, uh, there were no issues like that. So that's uh, in a way a way to see that people understood, especially back home. I never heard once uh, or got any remarks from anybody that why are you playing with a Hindu and uh, stuff like that. But I think they learned uh, from the stand that I took in 2002 and three. And uh, in a way, I'm happy that I was able to change few minds uh, with Amir's partnership as well and with Rohan as well and the first time Pakistan and India uh, or Indians I would say Pakistan and Indians were sitting together cheering for the same cause and uh, because of us me playing uh, with Rohan and Rohan with me and 2010 US Open the ambassadors to the yeah. UN they came and they sat and they watched our semi-finals and finals and uh, these guys never sit together and never agreed to one thing and at that time they were sitting there because of us and uh, we're supporting the same cause. And so many Pakistanis and Indians also, when they were coming to watch us play, you could see the flags of both countries uh, on one person's face, and uh, that was a kind of a message of friendship. And uh, basically, yeah, I think sports kind of way took over a little bit of the religious boundaries that uh, a lot of, I think, people are, that kept them apart, Pakistan and India also, and obviously uh, Muslim and Jews as well. You playing with Rohan for several years, and I guess that moment I remember that with the ambassadors there. When when did you first realize that what you were doing with Rohan was bigger than just a double partnership in tennis? And I guess did you do you enjoy that sort of part of it of being an activist, being I, able to, to change? Yeah, change I think minds? Uh, that's one thing uh, that definitely opened my mind was uh, the organization called Peace and Sports. Uh, it's an organization uh, that uh, helps or tries to promote peace through sports. And once I became a goodwill ambassador for them, uh, I think they actually made me realize the bigger picture, what uh, I can or what impact I can have, not just with tennis, but uh, off court as well and with our partnership. And I feel very proud that uh, I was the first tennis player they chose in their organization. And uh, now uh, Novak is also uh, a goodwill ambassador for peace and sports. And uh, obviously these organizations uh, made me also understand and Rohan as well. That we can uh, do something more and something really big and uh, I, for me obviously I can't change everyone's mentality on Pakistani side or in the, on the India side but for some people who were able to come and cheer for us for the same cause and uh, the Indians and Pakistanis sitting together or if I could change some people's point of view or mind obviously I would take it as a positive thing and uh, yeah I really feel proud and blessed to be part of such a journey. When, when you're doing, when you're playing, you know, trying to play tennis, trying to practice and get to getting, doing really well in Grand Slam Finals and everything, is it at all an extra sort of a burden or pressure to have this religious, this political uh, attention on you? Did it ever become a, a distraction or a difficulty? No, for me, I actually, I enjoyed it. I think, especially playing with Rohan, uh, there are not many teams uh, in the history of, I, I would say, tennis uh, that people could identify with. We got a name, Indo-Pacific Express, everybody knew who is part of it. Obviously, you know the Brian, you know Danny Nestor and Zimulich and all the big uh, teams. But we had an identity. Uh, it was not only about Assam Qureshi or Rohan Bhopan, it was how Indo-Pacific Express is doing. 
and uh, we started uh, promoting Stop War, Start Tennis as well. Uh, our logo and our foundation, our team, and uh, now I've paid it into a charity as well. So all these things obviously are linked with me being a Muslim also. Probably if I was not a Muslim and uh, I didn't practice the way I practice my religion, uh, I probably would have not gotten all these laurels uh, off the court and uh, probably not would have gotten this recognition as well. And uh, I could have easily probably stopped playing with Amir uh, and would not have gotten anything or I could have never even chosen to play with Rohan also because he's a Hindu. But at the end of the day I decided and uh, for me I feel like that's what religion also teaches me and to be friendly, to be loving and to be caring and to judge a person for who he is or who she is and not because what she practices. And I think religion is a personal thing. Uh, everybody has their own freedom to practice whatever they want to and uh, we shouldn't be forcing them on others. And that's how that's what I've learned and that's what I try to tell other people as well. What do you, what do you think is the view if in general or if you can generalize it, of your view of what you've done in Pakistan right now. Among the people who initially objected to it back when it was with Haddad or even with the Star with Bopana, have they accepted it now? Or people? Yeah, I feel like it. Everybody yeah. respects me when I go back home. Everybody recognizes me as a tennis player. Everybody, uh, I feel very thankful and blessed uh, the kind of love I receive uh, back home. Uh, obviously, like I said, being a public figure, there are going to be some haters. Uh, but I think you learned with your life experiences that uh, there are always going to be those who are going to try to pull you down because they have never been able to reach where you reached or they cannot reach. So, But uh, it doesn't mean that uh, if you believe in something and you're doing well and changing so many lives or perspectives that you stop doing those things. And uh, now for the past 10 years I feel like uh, people understand all I'm doing is to try to put a soft image of my country and obviously as a Muslim or my religion as well. A lot of times uh, I have conversations with a lot of tennis players because I feel like uh, obviously there are a very handful of Muslims on the tour and they don't know that much knowledge about Islam. And I feel like it's my obligation and duty uh, to speak to them about that and uh, tell them the right perspective, the one I have and the one uh, all my friends have, my parents have, my family, family has. Uh, I feel like there are extremists all over the world, but you can't judge the whole country or the whole religion because of those extremists. And uh, that's what I try to do and I've been trying to do. I feel like I have a bigger role now as well being a Muslim, not just as a Pakistani because uh, I've been experiencing uh, a lot of, uh, how you call it, discrimination I would say, a little bit of racism as well because what's happening uh, throughout the world right now and uh, Islam is in the middle of everything and, uh, but I feel like it's my obligation and duty also to make people realize what our religion really is. And uh, because obviously I'm very ignorant about probably the Jewish religion or the Christianity or Catholic, but uh, I believe so. They're it's the same way. They are about uh, Islam. And I was having a very good conversation last night with my doubles partner Jonathan Murray, and uh, he didn't know that how uh, close Islam and Christianity is. And uh, so these kind of things, I feel like, is in a way. My role is not just about being a tennis player, but I, I should be, I think my role is to, yeah, help people understand their Islam at least more than they know. How, how do conversations about Islam start in, in the locker room or in the player lounge or wherever? When it comes up, I guess people just talking about current events, about news, or just more broad discussion? I'm just curious. No, how, I think how, how uh, everybody, up. like I said, uh, throughout my career and my life experiences, everybody is very open-minded. I yeah. think it's tennis player especially. And like I said, I don't think I've felt 
by anybody that somebody has tried to judge me because I'm Muslim. And uh, I have a really good repute on the tour as well. I feel like everybody respects me because I respect everybody else. And obviously you start like a friendly conversations. And uh, sometimes they ask some questions, why this, why that? And you just try to make them understand. And uh, a lot of times people don't believe that Muslims, we believe in Jesus Christ. We do believe in him because we believe him as a prophet. Uh, the only difference is Christians, they think of him as the son of God. And uh, for us, uh, God only sent prophets. But they never sent, they, there's no child of God, basically. So Johnny didn't know that, and that I believed in Jesus Christ. So it was very funny for me. And I believe uh, as a Muslim in Bible also. And uh, so I was trying to explain him that also, uh, that uh, God sent messengers. And the message changed through the period of mankind. Uh, Jesus came, there was a message on him, like in the way of Bible. And then six, seven hundred years ago, it was Quran in the shape of Muhammad and those kind of things. But obviously, it's in a friendly discussion. And uh, I feel like as a Muslim, I need to make them understand that uh, these extremists who use Islam as an excuse to do all these terrorists or terrorism, uh, our religion doesn't teach us that. And uh, for me, our religion is about uh, brotherhood, it's about loving and caring, respecting others and respecting all the religions as well. And uh, like I said, there are extremists out there and uh, unfortunately they're doing really bad things and uh, hopefully, obviously this world, I really feel like and hope can be a better place and very peaceful one very soon, inshallah. When, you, when you're out on court and when you're just on whatever it is, do you feel an extra obligation to be a, a good ambassador for Islam? As, as one of the very few players out here, do you feel that sort of, oh, that, I, that, that pressure? I don't think I have to, like it's a pressure for me. I am who I am and I've been like this. Uh, I feel like obviously I have to try to project my way in the best way possible in every way I can. And, uh, but that's mostly a duty for me to be presenting a good image of my country and my people. And, uh, and to make people understand, like I said, not judging uh, the whole nation or the religion because of a group of extremists and uh, these kind of things. I take it as a, I feel like it's my obligation and a duty in the times like these. Especially, I'm the one who's traveling more than most of the Muslims or more than Pakistanis. Uh, I feel like I could change some mind of uh, people's uh, way of thinking. And uh, it's not extra pressure. For me, it comes naturally. And, uh, and yeah, in a way, it's a duty. And I think, uh, yeah, when I'm Pakistan also, I try to tell all the youngsters or all the other sports people as well. Because I think we are the ambassador of our country as well. Uh, I'm not going to say that I'm uh, trying to, uh, how you call it, going out there and asking everybody to become Muslim. I'm not saying, uh, I'm not a very thorough Muslim myself. Uh, I have my beliefs and I know what religion teaches us, but uh, you have to do it in a certain way. Uh, you can't go totally extremist about it. Uh, I've not learned about it completely. I don't know it very well. But uh, the certain thing that I know is to respect elders, to love the kids, don't harm anybody, you know, these kind of uh, things to be friendly with others and don't interfere in their personal basically lives or things. We all have a choice and uh, if you think differently than me, it doesn't mean I need to start hating you. And uh, that's the freedom of being a human being and uh, we need to respect that. Are there moments on, that come up on tour where you're sort of reminded of being a Muslim, like that some experience you have? might be unique to, to you. No, they are. I've had some, uh, obviously, uh, discrimination in many few times, uh, especially when you're traveling, you try to uh, go through immigrations, 
because of the green passport, because uh, of the religion, and uh, you feel those things. Sometimes you feel you meet somebody, and they ask you where you're from, and you go, yeah, I'm from Pakistan. And uh, a lot of times there is, oh, so I really understand what oh means, because uh, in a way, in one way, they are shocked. And then the second question is, are you Muslim? And I go, yeah. And uh, then there's another oh. So uh, obviously, you don't really like those o's. Uh, but um, that's a reality right now and I can understand that what people see on the television and stuff uh, once I was passing through uh, in the United States going through immigration and the immigration of our officer asked me uh, what am I doing in America and I said I'm here to play Sony Erickson Open in Miami and Indian Wells and she goes uh, so uh, are you playing or are you here to watch and I go no no I'm playing and she goes really a Pakistani playing tennis and I said yeah I am so she's, she goes, if I Google you, will I find any info on you? And I said, yeah, I think you should be able to. So she uh, straight away opens Wikipedia. And she goes, ah, okay, Samula Qureshi, born this, 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 Pakistan number one tennis player. And she goes on my face, ah, so you're not a terrorist. Like straight away, like that. So for, for her, she believed that every Pakistani is a terrorist. So, uh, and other things like that. But uh, it's not like it affects me. But it kind of bugs me in a way. Uh, I actually felt like slapping her on the face for that. But uh, obviously I knew if I do that, probably I would never be able to play tennis again in my life. But uh, there are certain things, there are certain people, I feel like small-headed people and small-minded people who are ignorant about uh, the world and the religion and they just believe everything they see. And uh, But then probably now that she saw that there is a Muslim and Pakistani a tennis player, maybe... She can think that all Pakistanis are not terrorists, uh, which are not actually, to yeah. be honest. And that's another thing <laughs> I try to <laughs> emphasize on players nowadays, that actually we are the ones who are fighting terrorism on everyday basis. Our schools are getting bombed. Uh, we are getting the, the suicide bombing rate in Pakistan is the highest. So I don't think that Pakistanis are bombing Pakistanis. It doesn't work like that. And uh, the only reason we're getting bombed are because we're trying to get rid of all the terrorism in the country and the terrorists who invaded from Afghanistan uh, after 9-11. And uh, so, yeah, I think as my duty and obligation being a Pakistani and Muslim, I have to try to uh, make people learn a little bit about our religion and my country as well. You're obviously, I mean, so many people have, wrong ideas about Islam is distorted yeah. inside and outside of Islam, probably fair to say. And you mentioned 9-11 terror, and you were traveling already as, yeah. a, as a junior before 9-11, yeah. and, and there's other various attacks in Paris last fall. Yes. I'm just curious when you're, how sensitive you are to those world events, when something like that does happen, if it, if it immediately makes life tougher for you, no, even for just me, being a tennis player, for me, and the travel and security and all that stuff. To be honest, I feel like a loss of human being or human life is tragic in any way. And every time a person loses his life or somebody kills somebody, uh, I, I don't agree with it. I hate it, to be honest. And I respect human life. I feel like now there is no value for human life. And this is so sad. And uh, whether there were attacks in Paris, I made sure every French player I know or number I have, I messaged them straight away uh, that I'm really sorry about what's going on and what happened. hope your family, friends, everyone's is all right. And uh, But for me, just it's sad that these extremists are using religion uh, to do all those things and our religion doesn't teach us that and that's what I try to tell these people or the tennis players and uh, in our Quran in our book it says very rightly that 
we should fight only against the army. Like uh, if a soldier is coming to hurt you, then you try to fight him. And that's what jihad is, name of Islam, and you do that. Jihad is, doesn't teach us to go and start bombing football clubs or hockey stadiums or whatever or anywhere. Suicide bombing, killing innocent children and kids and all these kind of people. It says very correctly and very strongly that the women, the children, even the animals should be left behind. And you should just fight against the soldier who's trying to kill you or you're trying to kill him. And uh, so it's every stream is they're saying that they're using Islam and uh, that's what it teaches us. Islam doesn't teach us that. And uh, that's what bugs me. That's what bothers me. Because I practice this religion and I know what my religion teaches me. And uh, so in a way it's sad, but for me, just a, a loss of your human life for me is very tragic. And uh, it shouldn't be happening and nowadays it's happening a lot. And uh, whether it's in America, a school kid going out with a gun and just shooting people, for me it's insane. And uh, whether you call him a psychopath or you call him a terrorist, that's a different story. But uh, it's just uh, sad that people uh, just don't take, uh, like, taking life so easily just like that. It shouldn't happen. In, in, in all of these different things you guys to talk about and represent and educate people about during a career, does that mean as much to you or maybe more than, than what you've done on court in terms of winning and making grandstand finals and things like that? Or, no, for or, me, or, or they, are I they think, totally separate? No, I think it's, it's part of me. Uh, that's who I am. That's what I've learned. That's what I'm going through on a daily basis, you know. And even if I want to ignore it, I don't think I can because I'm Muslim and I'm a Pakistani and I'm probably the only Pakistani on the tennis tour. And uh, I think there are only two Muslims on the tour with me. Uh, one is Turkish guy and the other is Jaziri. And uh, I'm sure all of them and both of them also face uh, a lot of uh, racist or discrimination wherever they travel. But uh, I think we have to be obviously better Muslims and the tennis teaches us that also. And obviously I feel like we're all educated about it. And uh, for me, like I said, my role I feel like is a little bit bigger than just being a tennis player. I have to conduct myself in a certain way and uh, yeah, try to just uh, promote a soft image of my country and obviously my religion as well. You mentioned Jaziri, and he's had pressures at home to not play against Israeli know, players. Just wondering if someone you went through a little bit of the same thing about just what, what you make of his decision that he has been fit, yeah, felt for me, forced to play. Yeah, sad that for me, it's sad that he has yeah. to give a walkover. He doesn't, uh, can't play against uh, a Jewish player. Uh, yeah. Obviously, I don't think he personally wants to do that, but he has pressure from back home. Uh, I did as well, uh, but I made a choice, and uh, he has chosen the other way. And... Uh, so, but I, I do respect him and I understand obviously why he has to do that. I know him very well. I don't think he has any uh, difference or uh, he takes or he interacts with the Jews or Hindus or anybody else in a different way. Uh, that's certain thing that's, uh, he's got pressure from back home and I don't know what kind of situation he has been in. But I do know that he is not allowed to play uh, a Jewish player or with him or against him also. So for me, it's sad. I think it's a political agenda, religious agendas, and uh, we should keep them separate from sports. And that's what sports teaches us, and that's what sports is all about. So when the governments are getting involved in this, or the religion is coming into it, I don't think it's the right thing to do. Uh, for me, I don't think Tunisia should be that much against him playing against somebody, uh, if he's just a Jew. They need to understand if the Christians, or uh, Christians or Jews or Catholics, they take a stand not to play against us or with us. We can't do any sports then. And uh, I think uh, people need to understand that as well. 
at the end of the day we're just trying to play and uh, to earn money to make a profession and to make a living and to get laurels for our country and I'm sure Jiri is doing the same thing and for me it's very unfortunate that uh, he has to do that uh, I don't think personally he's doing it but I've spoken to him also in the past about it and his goals like there is a lot of uh, government pressure on him to do that but uh, personally I'm against that because I've done everything and every step uh, against uh, what Jiri is doing yeah I had a lot of government pressure as well uh, they announced to ban me to play for Pakistan and uh, but uh, I stood firm and I'm very happy and very proud that I took that decision. And uh, I think I get respected for that uh, still now. Whenever you finish playing tennis, whenever you retire from the tour, do you plan on doing anything that sort of keeps up this sort of role in, in whatever, no, whatever so. form that I is? I think, uh, like, like I said, I started my charity. Uh, charity's, uh, the main name is Top War Start Tennis. And uh, basically, I really believe that uh, peace is the only way to move forward. And uh, I'm going to be ambassador for peace and sports. I would like to play a bigger role uh, when I'm retired. Obviously, right now I'm an active player, so I can't do much. Uh, but I would definitely would like to do that. Uh, I have plans to do a match on the border of Pakistan and India. Uh, I'm still working on it. Uh, I still try to, every time I meet some government officials, uh, I try to make sure to convey them the message of peace, basically. And... Uh, and I think through those things, I can try to make at least a Westerner understand that uh, Islam is actually a message, uh, is a religion of peace, and that's what we need, and that's what we want as well. All my friends, all my family, all the people I associate with and interact with each day in Pakistan, uh, I know and I believe they all want peace in this world, and they're very friendly people, and they're very loving people, and very caring people. All my foreign friends who come to Pakistan uh, to visit Pakistan, they don't want to go back. Uh, for them, it's, they just see it totally different what they've been hearing. And I feel like uh, that's what I feel like is my obligation and duty to make people understand that. Thank you very much to our guests, Shahar, Tim, and Isam. And thank you guys for listening to this episode of No Challenges Remaining. If you want to follow along with us when you're not listening, you can do so by liking us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Podcast. We're also on Twitter at NCR underscore tennis subscribe to the show on itunes and leave us reviews there as well as on any other podcasting app of your choice it's a great way to get shows delivered automatically to you if you have questions comments anything about the show you can send them along to us no challenges remaining at gmail.com it's the best place to do that executive producers of no challenges remaining are pancha resendis of tennisballs.com and tal woolly and thank you to those kickstarter backers as well as the rest we have our postcards from the last three slams of the year the next wave of those and the final waves of those hopefully shipping out to you in the next weeks. So keep your eyes peeled for those. We'll see you next time. Bye bye. You can't imagine so many monkeys in the daily mail and all of them coming anonymously so they leave no trail. Never thought I'd have an IRA from overseas, but some of this enemy stationary filled with chimpanzees. Some chimps in swimsuits, some chimps are swinging from a vine, some chimps in jack boots, some chimps that wish they could be my Sarsky and Hutch chimps. A chimp who's sitting on the can, a pair of Dutch chimps who send their love from Amsterdam. Another postcard, chimp.